A From Dublin to Cleveland production. Hello and welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I am Logan Howard and I am joined once again by the business formal, Brendan Thomas Merritt. Hi, Brendan. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, Logan. I'm great. Thank you. I'm at home alone and I've got a water and ice filled Gorehammer, which everyone can see. In the Christmas video, you'll be find its origins there. So I am happy out. Good. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to see you back. It's glad to have you back. Um, so what we are going to do today is we are going to play a fun game. And many of you have read this title probably and will not watch the video or watch the stuff because you're terrified of what we might ask or what we might do. But all of these are, I assure you, quite... Um, uh, quite unoffensive and um, not terrible or disgusting or filthy at all. But uh, we thank you for listening if you have gotten this far. Um, <laughs> so um, what we're going to play is this or that. Uh, these are questions that we found online. Um, it was not our idea to call them adult this or that. That was their idea. So we stole it from them. Um, but they're adult in that they adults have to deal with the stuff, not in that they are terribly disgusting morally. Um, so for the, for our fun, we're still calling it that, but, uh, (laughs) so I will get into it. We're going to do as many as many of them as we can. Um, and then we'll probably, and then we'll get into our word of God. Hopefully it'll be about a half an hour or so. So, um, uh, that's our goal. So first question. Brendan, would you rather, or this or that, so which is better, vacation or a staycation? Oh, cheaper. Uh, let me see. I'll be honest, I actually like staycations. Um, vacations can be nice, um, but overall, I don't, I don't actually like the whole traveling experience. I like being in other places. Well, getting there is the, the turn off for me. Whereas I just think Ireland is so beautiful. You know, every 15 or 20 minutes, there's a castle. <laughs> um, or, you know, beautiful fields full of barley and flowers. There are woodlands everywhere, trees and forests everywhere. So um, vacations are great. I do like myself a good holiday. I was on one of the filming of the last video. But, yeah, I like staycation. I've been very blessed. You've been a beautiful country. What about you? Um, I could go either way. Uh, I, I enjoy both. I think, though, for my own mental sake, vacations are really good to just get away from what's going on in your own life and to just go and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right about the travel. The travel isn't fun, whether you're driving or flying or whatever. It's not that much fun. But... Um, being somewhere else and doing something outside the norm, normal is always good. So I'd probably lean more vacation, but I don't have any ill will towards staycations at all. <laughs> um, so next question, uh, do you prefer night or morning? Are you a morning person or a night person? Mm. I'm a morning person insofar as I have to be up early in the morning for work. About like you know six a.m. Um, and I do like getting up early anyway to get the most out of the day. But 
in a weird way, I'm probably a night person insofar as I find my brain is at its most active after the sun has gone down. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to do a lot of reading or, or writing or doodling, whatever. Yeah, it often takes place at nighttime. So I'm a, I, I love the morning. Um, and also I have to be alert in the morning professionally. But in terms of when do I have the most fun? Nighttime. And yourself? Yeah, I I agree. I'm a night person. I'm I'm not a not a morning person. Um, I have to get up for morning for work, but it's uh it's a bit rough sometimes, and I'm like ugh, out of it, half falling asleep. Um, but once you get you get past seven, eight o'clock, I am like that's my prime time. I'm just like let's go, let's do this, let's do that. Um. And so I, that's usually when I would ever do my homework and I would be very efficient in doing so the, the, uh, more towards the evening afternoon time of day. So yeah, I, I would say I'm an evening person. Um, not a morning person at all. <laughs> I don't wake up with a joyful, happy noise as some people do. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Uh, would you rather be a passenger or a driver? Since learning to drive, I'll be honest, I totally get the appeal. Uh, I do like the control of being behind the wheel. Um, being a passenger used to suit me. I just like sit there and be like, take me where I need to go. But um, yeah, I have to say, driving has, has grown on me. I used to hate being behind the wheel of the car. I used mm. to hate driving. I hated everything about it. Um, I was hated pedestrians i hated other drivers i hated my own passengers but uh, <laughs> the overall experience has thrown on me yeah driver you uh driver i i enjoy being in control of the car and not have to deal with people who mm. are a bit mm, squirrely in their driving <laughs> and I don't typically enjoy having to rely on someone else to get me to go somewhere um, just because I, I I feel a burden that now I'm, I'm or I'm being a burden on somebody. So I don't, I don't enjoy that feeling. So uh, a driver all the way. Um, yeah. All right. Next one. Would you rather be rich and famous or rich and unknown? Yeah, it is, it is a tough one, actually. Um, being rich is great. I'm glad that's an option for both. Um, as introverts, I kind of do like having a degree of anonymity and not having people whinge and whine and beg off me and look to be like Scrooges uh, on my time, leech off my time. <laughs> but at the same time, I always think it's so, so sad when someone dies unknown, having done, having blessed the world with something for which they genuinely deserve the fame or success. Uh, I, I hate when, you know, someone posts a book posthumously and becomes number one. I'm like, oh, they don't appreciate the person while they're alive. Um, yeah. Do I necessarily want to be famous either? Ugh. I don't really want, like when people 
make assumptions about me or talk about my life or try to interfere in my life. But I suppose I'd rather be famous than die being a nobody. So, rich and famous. Yeah, I totally agree. Rich and famous all the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, being rich and unknown, you, I mean, you're rich either way, so you win in both scenarios. But um, being rich and famous, you at least have an, you can have an influence for Christ, you can have an influence for other things, and um, and you're not just in anonymity and nobody knows who you are. So I, I would prefer being rich and famous. Um, all right, next one. Art museum or history museum? Which would you rather go to? Oh, jeepers. I went to a modern art museum before the lockdown, and I was almost convinced that's what gave everybody COVID. It was awful. Um... <laughs> yeah, modern, exactly, the quotations. <laughs> yeah, modern art is trash. It's just part of a leftist agenda to make people call what is beautiful ugly and what is ugly beautiful. Uh, much the way Jesus said that people would come to call good evil and evil good. Um, but yeah, I, history museums, yeah, I, I, I love them. Now listen, I have been in beautiful art museums and, and galleries as well, I have. But to see how people used to live, to see how things began infinitesimally or um, to see how certain things began in the most formative state and compare them where they are today. I think it's phenomenal. Um, I especially love going and just seeing the hand of God traced throughout all history. Um, like in Ireland, we have the Archaeological History Museum and one part of it has bog bodies which are basically people who were murdered, thrown into bogs, Ooh. whose body has, has since been taken out. And historians have identified how they died yeah. and why they were murdered. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Um, we have another section on just um, the early influences of Christianity in Ireland. I mean, it really and truly brought in a golden age. The artifacts uh, and such flagrant, boundless beauty that was produced in this land at that time. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So yeah, definitely the History Museum. And you? Yeah, agreed. History Museum. Um, yeah. The only the only exception I would make is if um, is for a Lego museum, because it's technically art and history, because it's showing you all the old Legos and all the okay. like, things people have done. And it's sort of like an artistic way, but it's also like a history of Legos throughout mm. it. So that was a really cool, it was the unofficial Lego museum. Um, it's over in Pennsylvania for any of you who mm. live in Pennsylvania or live in Ohio or just want a field trip to go see a Lego museum. Um, definitely go one time. I wouldn't go a second time, but go one time because you'll see uh, some cool things. You'll see like uh, uh, they had a really cool um Lord of the Rings last battle scene um, or storming the castle scene. And um, there's like, there's like, I think a million little minifigures. It's just amazing to look at. Um, so definitely, definitely do that. So yeah, that's the only exception I'd make is like a, a Lego wow. art museum. I could, I could go to that. 
Um, I'm going to skip the next few. I'm going to go okay. down to, would you rather be embarrassed or be afraid? Oh, embarrassed all the way. You know, Job says in chapter three, the thing I feared has happened. The thing I dreaded has come upon me. Um, his fear enabled the enemy to a foothold in his life that turned into a very um, powerful demonic stronghold. Whereas the word says that, uh, you know, there's no shame for those who are in Christ. Our shame has been washed away with the blood. So try to embarrass me all you like, people. All you do is make the blood of Jesus stronger. <laughs> yeah. And yourself? Um, I would, Get I would agree. I'm not, a, I hate being afraid of things. I, I have, I'm afraid of too many things as it is. So I mm. hate, I hate that. So if I had to choose, I could take embarrassment because I, I am who I am, you know, at, at some point people might find things I do or act or say embarrassing. Um, but it is who I am. So I'm yeah. just going to be me. And if that's embarrassing to people, then so be it. Um, all right. Would you rather okay. live in the city or the countryside? Oh, I don't know how anyone lives in cities. I don't get the hype. I don't get the attraction. Countryside all the way. Uh, like at the moment, I mean, I live in a in a small town, but I'm very close to the countryside insofar as <laughs> like every direction, 15 minutes from where I am, offers some degree of a of, of an escape or a forest or a wilderness or a deserted land um where city life hmm. no far too polluted far too busy i just feel like there's such an incessant um push and, and rush all the time um i much prefer to have an edemic pace to my life you get up you <laughs> water the flowers you do whatever the lord had adam doing and then you just chill out, get one with nature, hang out, have fun, relax, de-stress. That's my kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm more of a country person, yeah. not a uh, city person. Um, when I've been in the city, I always feel like I'm sped up faster than I want to go. And I feel like mm. I would say I wouldn't I would say probably unsafe is how I would define it as. I don't feel mm. like I'm I'm not comfortable. Okay. Um, is how I describe it. Because you you don't know what you, you don't know what's going on because there's just people and something could happen. So that you don't I don't feel as safe in the city as I do in the countryside. Um, would you rather be would you rather cook or be cooked for? <laughs> I thought you were going to say would you rather cook or be cooked it's like option B uh, <laughs> I can see Jesus quicker seeing <laughs> <laughs> a cannibal's dinner plate because I was in my life and my passion <laughs> I, I actually love cooking I, I, I whip up some, uh, some some mean food if I may say so myself uh, baking is great. I really got into baking again, which I hadn't in so long. I, I tried baking as a teenager, mm. but I was told that my hands were too warm. 
despite my usual cold-blooded disposition. Um, but I do love cooking. Cooking's grace. Yeah. I, uh, I could go either way. I'm okay with people cooking for me. I will gladly... It's sort of like my grandfather used to say, I can sit next to work all day and people could, could cook. But the same time i do enjoy Maybe cooking so. uh i usually cook once I, I enjoy cooking new things like having a new challenge of something strange that i've not cooked before and seeing how it goes and what i can do or what i can mess with mm. um to make it how i want it to be um so i enjoy that i enjoy that part of it so i'm not uh mm. if, if someone said hey can i cook for you i'd be like yeah sure go for it but i'd also help or um and and i, I would enjoy cooking myself so I'm, I'm right down the middle. <laughs> um, so your original meal. Would you are, rather um, toast one week, baked beans next? Yeah. <laughs> would you rather um, have a roommate or have roommates or live by yourself? Oh, I've done the whole roommate thing before, actually, and. Um, yeah, most of the time it's worked out very well. Um, especially you know, when you're with your people. It's like, you know, you're living with your best mm. friends. It's going to be really, really fun. And I was thinking about this last year, actually, if I could really step back into that again. But honestly, I don't think I could. I, I probably could, but I don't know if I really want to. Um, mm. I don't know. Like, I'm alone in the house right now, um, but perfectly content. And I think if I were to have, like, a really, really big mansion with not even gardens, but an estate, and I was, like, half an hour away from the rest of civilization and people just kind of forgot that I even existed, I think I'd be okay with that. Okay. Again, Lord, don't cancel out um, the uh, I'm a provision of... Of a, of a wife and children, but I think I'd be okay with that as a matter of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. A man sinful, then you're a man. As a yeah, <laughs> as a extroverted person, I uh, I am a roommate's person. I would need someone else to live with me. I don't think I could mentally deal with living by myself because I, or if I did live by myself, I'd have to make sure that I interacted with people a lot because otherwise I just get in my own head and end up whipping, uh, whipping up stuff I shouldn't think about or dark doing something I shouldn't do. So yeah, dark and twisted. So I would not, I don't want to be left alone with my brain. You know, we probably, there's probably a lot of us that are that way. We don't want to be left alone with our brains, but I certainly would not. Mm. Um, would you rather attend a party or host a party? Ooh. Hmm. What are you Ugh. We, we do host events quite regularly here, actually. Um, hmm. we host, you know, big birthday parties and barbecues and the likes. And I enjoy it, I do. But it's never... Yeah. Like, people coming to my house, but it's never that I'm the host, per se. 
like you know i'll do preparation i'll do the, the washing up and all cleanings away afterwards but it's never that people look at me and say oh yeah. you're the host you're throwing this together and so i kind of like i like the hosting without the title i suppose um i don't send out the invitations and all that and the cookie food and all that nonsense but i kind of like attending parties so long as i have a speedy exit like i like breezing in showing people that i've been there you know you jump into one or two photographs you know like what's it called photobomb or something so if i'm asked retroactively <laughs> you can say with evidence that you're there and then just let him sing goodbye just breeze out again get on with your day yeah um yeah and listen sometimes i go to parties and i think why am i here this party is why jesus christ died on the cross but if it's a quality party yeah it, it, it it's it's grand you know to go somewhere for the sake of an event or a day out or just something different but uh i don't like going for long i like when there's a strict time limit or i have a speedy exit plan <laughs> i get away car getaway car. what about yourself being the extroverse you may see things differently um i i like both i would say doing uh creating a party is a lot of fun um especially when people um like have a good time at your party and you get to see them and all that stuff uh there's some downsides to it where you have to like be a host and you have to take care of people or you have to get food or you gotta do all this stuff but i really enjoy being able to schedule something and it go Mm. off really well and people have a good time and then they you know for years or weeks or months after like oh when can we do that again that was a lot of fun um so i would say probably making okay uh making a party i think would be more fun i enjoy going to parties but there's always a bit of um, hmm. awkwardness when you go to a party, especially one that you don't know a lot of people at the party, that you're not sure how they're going to react or what they're going to do or if you're going to even have hmm. any fun at all. So um, yeah. So being someone who's the life of the party, I can I can have a good time anywhere, but it is still awkward if you run into um, some people who you're not used to before. So. Um, all right, I'm going to let you ask the last question. So whatever is yeah. on the list there that you like or want to do, I'm going to let you ask it, and then you can take it away. We'll, uh, we'll get into the Bible part of it. So whatever question you like. Cool, awesome. And just before we move on from parties, I think another reason I like hosting is that the last three or four birthday parties I tried to host, <laughs> no one came. <laughs> It was just no. me, like, just sitting there watching my own DVD box set. <laughs> no. Whereas, yeah, yeah. He didn't invite uh, me. That was, your, that was your first mistake. Pardon? He didn't invite me. That was the problem. I would have been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you probably would have. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I like big parties, especially when you don't know anyone. But then again, I think they can be very intimate as well because i get a small piracy there isn't any privacy mm. so at least if there's a big piracy and people just naturally find the little corners of a house or garden you know you might possibly be able to facilitate 
quality conversation. Maybe. Hmm, let's see which these do I like. Oh, 48. Here's an interesting one. Which do you prefer, ambition or comfort? Ambition or comfort? I feel like my answers changed over the years. Well, I guess it's sort of a vague question because it's it comes down to what are you ambitious about or like I mean you'd have to define that a little bit about what your like goals Power. are all that stuff money austerity um, yeah what <laughs> what is your like what are you trying to get out of things um I think as I've gotten older it used to be about being more comfortable um just like being comfortable mm, yeah. with where I'm at and making sure I have everything I want or relaxed. Mm. Um, but I think the more that you grow in Christ and the more you realize that we shouldn't be about those kind of things, about being comfortable, that we're supposed to go out of our comfort zones and share Christ. Um, mm. Like I think my, my biggest ambition for life, my biggest goal for life is to let people know as many people know about Christ as possible. Um, and so Man. I don't know if I would, use the word ambition, but I feel like that sort of fits that my aim of my life is to do that. And so that means yeah. I can't always be comfortable because, you know, if I, if it was all about me or if I was focused on me, then, you know, comfort would be, well, I want to live in a certain house. I want to have, want to marry a certain person, or you want to be around certain people and you don't want to go out and you know, be kind to people who are maybe different than you or outside of what you normally do. Mm. Um, whereas if your ambition is for god's glory and for sharing christ with people then um then you would sort of aim towards that so i would i would probably lean towards ambition but i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i would say in my own like fleshly self i would be all about comfort so yeah no 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 i i completely agree with that you echo my own sentiments as well um there's a time in my life where i wanted comfort and it's not that i believe christians should have an uncomfortable unprosperous life it's not that at all but i think comfort for me was a life of smallness very insular um a life where it was more mental emotional comfort because anyone who brought in discomfort was never in the picture of my life long term um Whereas as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that there comes a point where you have to cast off the immaturity. There comes a point in your life where you have to cast off, you know, the, 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 the broken boy inside or the fractured childhood that's going to dominate the rest of your life. And actually say, all right, we're living in the real world here. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And the only two races of human beings. Those who are in Christ and those who aren't. And the heavenly or hellish realities will be eternal experiences and realities for all people, one way or the other. So yeah, um, aligning your ambition and your prospects and your hopes with Christ's, um, where his will is our wish, and 
our every action, every thought, every word comes into humility-induced obedience to him. So that does involve hmm. shaking off notions of comfort or things that, you know, we had for a time perhaps wrapped ourselves in like a blanket or a security blanket. But yeah, or a hazmat suit. <laughs> but it comes a time we have to tear those off. And um, yeah, assume a posture of faith instead. Awesome. All right, friends. We're going to move into our time of uh, tackling the word of God together. So this one is a funny story in Second Chronicles 25. Um, you can read the whole story. I totally recommend that you do. You know, check that the story actually is in there. Don't just take our word for it. We're going to start reading from verse 5 to verse 10. So in case you didn't get it, Second Chronicles 25, 5 to 10. We're looking at the reign of King Amaziah of Judah. Now at this point in the story, Israel is not a united kingdom. It's divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Here we're focusing on the king of the southern kingdom of Judah, whose capital was Jerusalem. Amaziah called the people of Judah together and assigned them according to their families to commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds for all Judah and Benjamin. He then mustered those 20 years old or more and found that there were 300,000 men ready for military service, able to handle spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel for 100 talents of silver. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel. Why not, I hear you ask? Uh, read the previous 24 chapters of Second Chronicles and you'll find God at a good reason. The Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the people of Ephraim, which was in Israel. Even if you go and fight courageously in battle, God will overthrow you before the enemy. For God is the power to help or overthrow. Amaziah asked the man of God, But what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops? Hey, this man was counting shekels. I appreciate a capitalist like this. Money matters, people. The man of God replied, The Lord can give you much more than that. Again, as a capitalist, I say yes and amen to verses like this. Some people hate the prosperity gospel. I say, Lord, if they don't want the money, I'll take their money. Transfer the wealth, Lord. <laughs> so Messiah dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and sent them home. They were furious with Judah and left for home in a great rage. To find out what that rage looked like and how it manifested, you can read verses 11 to 13 yourselves. Got pretty nasty. Amaziah lived during times of war. In times of battle, 
in times of siege, in times of struggle or strife, when everything you know and love is being torn from you, or your freedoms are being stripped away, it's good to have people in your corner. It's good not to be alone, not to be adrift, but to have that support network. And we usually think that the more people we have numerically, the better. But actually, God knew the hearts of these men of Judah. Sorry, of Jerusalem. Of, 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 i got to start the sentence again. <laughs> but God knew the hearts of these soldiers from Ephraim and Israel. And he knew that they were wicked. Maybe they were full of lust, murder, deception, vainglorious ambition through just self-seeking. Maybe they had thoughts of betrayal or an eventual overthrow. The king didn't see that. He was focusing on the numbers he thought he needed to win the upcoming battle. But although there was a battle on the horizon, God stripped some him from some of the army, sent them home. And you will find that in life where in days of challenge, you look around and some people just won't be there anymore. Um, but actually sometimes there's a holy separation at work. Sometimes God has to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. There are times when you know you need to stick together to show them the love of God so that they can be saved through the blood of Jesus. And then there are times when God just has to say, nope, and tear you apart like a garment. And even people that perhaps you thought were on your side, well, maybe what was in their heart all along really comes to the fore, as it did in the, the three succeeding verses in that chapter. But he was obedient to God. He may not have really understood why God would make his army smaller as they got closer to battle. He may not have really understood why he poured so much wealth, such an investment, into this military campaign, only for it all to disappear. What a waste of money. But God knew. And you know what? When they went out to battle, they were given success. The Lord fought on their side. He gave them the victory. So I know that we're all going through a number of battles right now. You know, we can look at it on a global scale, but even on a personal level, you know, we're all going through things. And if we aren't, <laughs> someday you will be. And you're going to see days when, you know, you had some people in your life and you look around and they're all gone, or many of them are. Or perhaps you had a big bucket of spiritual seeds and you feel like it's been wasted, wasted sowing. But actually just know that no moment's wasted with God. He knows exactly what he's doing. And even in days when he separates the wheat from the chaff, he will give back the years the locusts have stolen. And as long as you're obedient unto him and you're faithful, you will get the victory. And uh, it's a plan that only only he can see. Um, what are you, Logan? What do you take from those few verses in that story? Well, I would, uh, I'd piggyback off of what you just said about obedience and, um, how that's what God really requires. And, um, you read the rest of the story, you'll find out things that 
this that Amaziah did that was not obedient to God and um, how he sort of betrayed God and changed mm-hmm. his side. Um, and like that's what God yeah. requires and that's what God asks. Um, he wants he wants not just but not just your obedience. He wants you to do it with the right heart on the inside. He wants you to have your heart focused and loved on him, yeah. love him. I mean, you read verse 25, it talks about how Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. His heart was not in the right place. He wasn't doing it because, um, because it was, because, you know, he loved God or because he cared about God. He was doing it because he thought that was the right thing to do or because, um, he didn't want to, you know, upset his mother or didn't want to offend someone else. Um, he was just doing it because, well, whatever. He wasn't doing it to really obey God or love because he loved God. He did it because, well, that's just what you do. You just you just be nice. You just do the right thing. Um, and as you see later on in his life, he sort of switches sides. He ends up doing stuff he shouldn't do, abom- doing abominations he should never have done and got involved in. And all because he sort of realized, well, I wasn't doing it for them i should still do things i should i need to do something for me and make it about me and um so i think as we go through our tough times it's easy to disobey it's easy to let our sin run rampant and live and run through us and it's easy to put on a fake face you know when you go to church when you go to um when you're hanging out with christian people it's easy to be a fake and it's easy to say oh i know all the right things and here's all the right answers um and people say, oh, just trust God. And you're like, oh, amen, praise the Lord, trust God. But you don't trust God in in actuality, in, in real life, then you're still going to have misery. They're still going to have problems. You're still going to have struggle with your sin life because you're not putting your faith in him. He can He can get you through any situation in every single, every situation. And he will do that um, as long as you continue to put your faith and trust in him and obey him and obey what he says. Now, that doesn't mean if we make mistakes or screw up or sin that we're done and we have no more chances. Um, God is gracious and merciful to us more than we can ever even imagine. Um, but today, you know, maybe think about working on something so that you can obey God and do what he asks you to do um, and not what you want to do or what you think's best. Um, so that's what I have. Um, before we go, I'm going to I'm going to have Brendan pray for us. But before that, um, if you have uh, any, if you want to get a hold of us for any reason, you want to talk to us. Um, in fact, if you want to, I'm going to give you three questions right now. If you want to answer these questions, you can send us an email at from Dublin to Cleveland uh, at gmail.com. And so if you want to, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you three questions and your task this week is to answer them and send us an email back about them. So uh, your questions are, do you, would you rather owe money or owe a favor? Would you rather uh, wear sneakers or dress shoes? Would you rather hang out with little kids or old folks? That is your three questions. So answer them this week. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you all. Um, this is my cheeky way to get you to answer an email. You can also answer the other ones that we uh, we talked about. Maybe you disagree with our opinions on city versus countryside. Um, maybe you, maybe you're a staycation person or a vacation person. Maybe, um, maybe you really would rather be afraid than be embarrassed. Um, let us know, send us a message and, uh, we will either correct you in your errancy or, um, 
or praise you in your correctness. <laughs> um, so Brandon, close us out for the rest of the time we have. <laughs> All right, Father God, we thank you for these moments, Lord. Moments of fun, moments of friendship, moments of fellowship, moments that we carve out just to be yours. Brothers and sisters in Christ, and those on the camera, Lord God, and those tuning in. And we thank you, Lord God, that this joy and this peace that we operate in, it comes from you, it comes from your Holy Spirit, because you've decided to make us your home. Your Holy Spirit has chosen to dwell in us. We look at Solomon's temple, Lord, made of cedar, made of gold, with all the bronze furnishings it was filled with, Lord God, and the rich metal overlaying, God, of, of the altar and the big sea and all sorts, Lord God, and the detail that went into the, the veil and the curtains. And God, recognize that it all pales in comparison to how you see us. Because you may have filled that place for your glory. But Lord God, you filled us with your spirit. Your Holy Spirit calls us his home. And we just thank you, Lord. We could never deserve it. We could spend the rest of our lives living for you and we'd still never have deserved it. But you do it because you're a good, good father. And you're absolutely good. So Lord, we pray that anyone who's listening, who perhaps has never made that decision, to put their trust in the cross of Jesus, and in whom your spirit does not yet live, Lord, open their eyes to see. Open their ears to hear. Open their heart to know and understand the simplicity of the gospel. That the blood of Jesus that was shed has washed away all their wickedness. And just as Jesus walked out of that grave alive, that they can now too enter into a whole new life. And Jesus, we pray that as we look to the story today in obedience, that whoever is listening to this in any area in which they're struggling to obey, to be humble, submissive to you, to walk in your ways, that you would empower them to live a life of obedience to you, a life that's not compromised by sin. Because for us to disobey and turn back to sin is the equivalent of a dog returning to its vomit. It's ugly, it's disgusting, smells bad, and it makes no sense. So Lord God, put a hatred in our heart for sin, that we would look at sin and revile it, and never return to it, but instead continue to chart the course you have for us, to stay on the road, the salvation road, Lord, the way that you've paved, the road that you have for us to tread, where we will meet people to speak into, whether it's our life's call, God, or just on the margins, 
and to be all you've made us to be. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for every single listener, God. They are our family, but they're your children. And we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity um, just to into their lives and uh, make their lives a little less messy and complicated in a world that has gotten very, very messy and crazy indeed. And Lord God, may they all just walk in peace, joy, and soundness of mind the rest of this week until we're together again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen. Have a good week, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye, friends. <laughs>